Hello and welcome back to the Dante in a Year podcast. My name is Danny Fitzpatrick. Today we're continuing with Dante's Paradiso, Canto 4. Between two foods equally distant and desirable, the free man would first die of hunger before he'd borne one up to his teeth. Thus would a lamb stand between the twin hungers of fierce wolves, fearing each equally. So would a dog stand between two does. Likewise, if I was silent, don't reprove me, suspended thus between my doubts, since silence was needed, not elected. I was silent, but my desire was painted upon my face, and my question with it, more eager than that distinguished in speech. So Beatrice did what Daniel did, raising Nebuchadnezzar from his wrath, which had made him unjustly fell. And she said, I see well how one and the other desire tear you such that your care binds itself so fast it can't breathe forth. You argue, if the good will endures, for what reason does another's violence lessen the measure of my merit? Still you give yourself occasion to doubt in thinking, according to Plato's opinion, that the souls return to their stars. These are the questions that equally press upon your will, and so first I'll draw out the one that's more deadly of the one seraph who most deifies himself, of Moses or Samuel or that John you wish to choose, I say, not Mary nor these have their seats in another heaven than do these spirits who have just appeared to you, nor have they more or fewer years for their existence. But all make the prime gyre lovely, and they hold the sweet life differently in sensing more and less the eternal inspiration. Who show themselves here do so not for being fated to this sphere, but to give a sign of their lesser celestial ascendance. It's convenient to speak to your genius thus, since solely in what sense does it apprehend that which it then makes suited to the intellect. For this the scripture condescends to your faculties, and attributes hands and feet to God, and intends something else. And the Holy Church represents to you Gabriel and Michael human in aspect, and the other who made Tobit whole again. That which Timaeus argues of the souls is not the same as that one sees here, in that it seems he senses as he says. He says that the soul goes back to its star, believing it that from which it was cut when nature gave it that for its form. And perhaps his opinion is otherwise than that his voice sounds, and is possessed of an intention not to be derided. If he intends to return to these wheels, the honor of the influence and the blame, perhaps his bow has pierced a kind of truth. This principle, ill understood, once twisted all the world such that it left its course to name them Jupiter, Mercury, and Mars. The other doubt that disturbs you bears less venom, in that its malice couldn't lead you away from me. That our justice seems unjust in the eyes of mortals is an argument for faith and not of heretical iniquity. But since your shrewdness may well penetrate to this truth, just as you desire, I will make you content. If it's violence when the one who suffers confers nothing on the one who enforces, these souls were not excused on that score, since the will, if it wills not, is not expended, but does as nature does in fire, if violence should twist it a thousand times. So that if it folds substantially, or but a bit, it folds thus by force, and these did so, else they would yet have filed into the holy place, should their will have stood entire, as that which held Lawrence on the great and made Mucius harsh to his hand. So would it have pressed them once again, once loosed, upon the street whence they had been drawn. But such steady will is much too rare. 
And through these words, if you've gathered them up as I've given them, that argument which would have annoyed you many more times is destroyed. But now before your eyes arises another impasse, such that you'd not escape it yourself before you'd first fallen exhausted. I've said it for certain in your mind that the blessed soul can never lie, in that it's ever near the prime truth. And then you may have heard from Picarda that Constance kept the affection of the veil, such that here she appears to contradict me. Many times now, brother, it's happened that, to flee peril, one's unwittingly done what might not have been done, as Alcmaeon, who, begged thus by his father, spilled his own mother's blood, and made himself pitiless so as not to lose piety. At this point I wish that you'd consider how force mixes with the will, such that the offenses can't be excused. The absolute will does not consent to the wickedness, but it consents in the measure in which it fears, should it retreat, to fall into a further worry. Thus, when Picarda expressed that, she intended the absolute will, and I the other, so that we speak the truth together. Such was the indulgence of the sacred river that issued from the font whence every truth derives. Thus it set one and the other desire at peace. O beloved of the first of all loves, O divine one, I said after that, whose speech so inundates and scalds me that I am more and more enlivened, my profound affection is not so deep as to suffice to render you, you grace for grace, but would that he who sees and has power would repay you thus. I see well that our intellect can't ever have been sated should truth not lend that luster beyond which no truth spreads itself. It reposes in that truth, as a beast in its lair, as soon as it's joined thereto, and it can be joined to it. If not, each of its desires would be frustrated. Through this the doubt is born, in the grain of a shoot at the foot of the truth, and it is nature that presses us collar to collar toward the summit. This invites me, this assures me, lady, to question you with reverence about another truth that's obscure to me. I wish to know if man might satisfy you for wasted vows with other goods such that in your scales they'd not be little. Beatrice regarded me with eyes full of sparks of love so divine that conquered my strength let go the reins, and with eyes inclined I nearly lost myself. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Dante in a Year podcast. See you next time for Dante's Paradiso, Canto 5.